Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So we roll into the DNVR Sports Bar Friday night uh, for Spencer's rehearsal dinner and... We have a few cocktails going pretty smooth, this and that. And then I buy tequila shots and Spencer just goes straight downhill in a matter of 15 minutes. And luckily one of our buddies caught him from falling out of a booth. Um, I then proceeded to walk him to the restroom and babysit him the rest of the night. Uh, There's some other things that went on that I probably shouldn't disclose, but let's just say I had to clean up after Spencer all of Friday night, and he was sleeping like a baby. So congrats to Spence uh, on the wedding, but fuck that night. That was horrible. You know, I just, some about the DNVR bar and me just uh, just makes it, um, it's where I can't remember. Tonight's we can't remember. Cheers. Uh, Cheers. <clears throat> Cheers with our Gatorades. Cheers with our Gatorades. We're currently under the weather. All right, let's get it going. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. (laughs) Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, golf fans all around the world, to the Big Drive Energy Podcast, brought to you by at DraftKings Sportsbook. We are your hosts at Big Drive Mitch and at Big Drive Spence. Crazy week in golf, and we're going to recap it all here for you, talk maybe a little bit about my wedding. Uh, not much golf-related in that, except for I bombed a 300-yard drive with selecting the wife that I did and all the planning that we did. Ended up being a great wedding, great time. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Nothing went wrong. I actually mentioned that in my speech that he outkicked his coverage, um, and that went over really well. Got a lot of good laughs out of that one. But yeah, the wedding was phenomenal, everything. Like I said, in the open Friday night was my nightmare. Uh, one of our buddies called me over. He goes, Mitch, Spence is not okay. I'm like, dude, I just saw him like 10 minutes ago. He's fine. And then I get over to him like in the booth in the corner. 
and he's just looking right through. He's staring right into my soul or right through me. I'm not sure which one. And uh, it it didn't go well from there. It went downhill pretty quick. So that was that. Um, I know Kylie listens to this podcast, so I don't really want to disclose what happened. Not no, Nothing horrible, but other than me just having to basically clean up our entire Airbnb that night. It was a rough one. Yeah. But then Saturday was awesome. Um, I probably had about 14 Manhattans, give or take. I'm sorry, old fashions. Yeah, open uh, bar was the move. Open bar is always the move, I will say. If you ever have a wedding and you invite a ton of your friends and you make them pay for their own alcohol, you're probably not ready financially to have that wedding yet, so you got to make sure you get to the open bar. 100%, yeah. And, I mean, the only I would say the only bad part about an open bar is you are going to have people that just show up because they know it's an open bar. Um, I've never turned down a free cocktail before unless it would be right now. Cause I feel like dog shit. I'm drinking Gatorade G2. I just took a Mucinex. So this has been, this has almost felt like a, a weekend of like turning the corner for me, like age wise, where I was just, it hit me so hard for this period of time where I'm like fully reconsidering all my actions and like kind of changing my life (laughs) it was a life-changing weekend for you it was yeah it was a life-changing weekend for spencer and kylie but for me it could uh completely alter the way i i treat myself (laughs) i know that sounds fucking stupid well that sounds wild actually but yeah you're gonna have to excuse our our like mitchell said we're drinking gatorade over here body armor whatever um trying to recover from the weekend and then i went to the avalanche game last night and trying to recover from that just been an all-in-all tough week Uh, i've got five of the next six nights now at ball arena again we're headed on on our way there after this and gonna watch uh, will barton become the nuggets all-time three-point three-point shoot shooting leader three-point shooter i was gonna say percentage but that's incorrect he's the all-time three-point make leader in Nuggets history after he hits two tonight, so which yeah, is wild. Which, it's absolutely insane to me. Like, the fact that I guess it's all about tenure, really, because we were just talking, what, has he been here six years, maybe seven? Right around six, yeah, six, six or seven. Years. And just the fact that somebody who's been here that that long, and what's, I mean, Spencer said it, too, He it's not like he's shooting the highest career percentage ever. He just has has been here long enough and shot enough shots to – uh, get to that point. So it's kind of weird. I think by the time Jamal gets done, by the time hopefully MPJ gets done, Jokic, um, this young breed of players we got rolling through right now, that number should be left in the dust is what I anticipate. But, you know, only time will tell. So that'll – the Nuggets game should be fun. I'm going to sit there, drink a water, and probably not try not to yell too much because it is my birthday on Saturday. For those of you who don't know, and it it really did feel overshadowed, not in a bad way, but so worried about Spencer's wedding, I didn't even think about my birthday, and all of a sudden it's four days away. So uh, trying to get back and ready for that because Saturday night we're going to Avs Flames, which is going to be a fire game. Pardon the pun. Oh, that was a good one. That uh, was thank a great you, one. thank you. Uh, Flames are really hot right now. Avs obviously are one of the hottest teams in the league, so. That they're the best team in the league. Let's put it that way. Uh, uh, the Calgary Flames are one of the hottest, though. Currently, I think they're nine and one in their last ten. 
Um, so it should be a great matchup. I'm going to get tore up Saturday night. And then uh, next weekend or next week, I'll be going to New Jersey for a little bit. So um, and then kind of golf season starts, which has got me fucked up. Like yeah. it felt like winter didn't even exist. Right. We had like basically the whole month off uh, in February and not working too much of the golf course, getting ready for a wedding, getting ready for other stuff. And now we are back to working semi full time, uh, not full, not totally full time quite yet, but we're going to get back into that. And uh, that kind of got us thinking, uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll do a little recap of last weekend, uh, which is another Another impressive first-time winner and uh, real fun to watch the guys at PGA National struggle. We'll get into that a little bit, but kind of wanted to get in a, a few things about getting your game ready. So getting getting shot ready, getting comfortable with the game again after, you know, for those of you that live in Colorado, I understand there's people all around the country, some around the world listening to this podcast, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, but for those of you guys that don't get to play golf year-round. Yeah, um, that are, are coming some- out of winter. What are some things we can do uh, if you haven't kept your game up up to snuff all winter and you haven't been hitting balls at uh, warming dri- warm driving ranges or things like that? What are some things that you can do to uh, break the ice, if you will, and get into the 2022 season? Uh, well, one thing I would definitely start with is get – and I don't understand how people don't do this anyways, but definitely stretch out before your range sessions. And if you do – Already, I would stretch out even more because your body is not all your different body parts that you use for the golf swing are not near as flexible as they were when you're using them five times a week like you were last summer playing a bunch of golf. Uh, You're you're not going to be I wouldn't say call your body brittle. My mind's my shit's brittle, but I would definitely recommend stretching, getting loose, because the worst thing you can do is go out put in like a big grind session, like kind of first of the year, um, first big session of the year I'm at. And then your body is so sore. You don't hit balls for a week or two weeks, you know, that's cause then you're just losing two weeks that you could be practicing, getting ready. And you just don't want to feel like a big walking pile of garbage. Like I do a lot of times when I walk to the first tee. So make sure you get those stretches in. I'm talking shoulders, I'm talking back. I'm talking, and a lot of people don't think about this, but hips and knees. Like, for those of you who don't know, your your knees, your ankles, all the parts of your golf swing, all your power and all your, your pressure is created through your legs. When you rotate back, your your hips are, your right hip is pulling back and around you. And when you start down in transition, that left hip is opening. You're moving all the pressure to your left knee. Um, the ball of your left leg, so your left ankle, or the ball of your left foot, I'm sorry, not your left leg. Uh, the ball of your left foot, so your left ankle, all these moving parts, and then these the right side bend that you like will develop at impact, because nobody stands straight up at impact at a golf ball. Um, that's going to hurt for sure. That hurts me all the time. There's just so many moving parts, and if you play golf, you know how many different body parts you use. So if you think about a body part that you use in the golf swing, stretch that shit out before you start your first range session. And just every range session, I don't care how often you hit balls, how little you hit balls. Like, it blows my mind when I see somebody just walk out, grab a club, and start swinging. Like, it hurts me. That's complete lunacy. And I'm going to actually 
excuse me, go back a little further than you and, and give you guys something to do before you even start stretching out for that range session. And that is take your first practice session this year. Don't necessarily go play. Go out to the, the putting green and start by hitting putts. And then hit the chipping green and just chip. And then maybe hit just wedges on the range and, and use your first day back to just do that. Because yeah, as ease mu- your way into it a little it, bit. Exactly. As much fun as it is to go out there and bang balls right away and hit as many drivers and try to act like Bryson DeChambeau right off the bat, which uh, uh, he's Please not playing. never act this. like... Yeah, yeah. He, That's why he's been on the shelf this entire season. He's not uh, defending his his championship at the Arnold Palmer Invitational this weekend because he's quote-unquote only 90%, but this is not a Bryson DeChambeau podcast, so we'll move on from that. Not for us. But yeah, go to the go to the chipping green, go to the putting green, get, get those because that's the first thing to go away when you don't play golf regularly is the short game, and that's the last thing to come back. So if you can start a few sessions, if you got one of those putting greens, putting mats inside your house, um, even just places where you can chip on your carpet in your backyard. Those are going to be the things getting those motions back. And, you know, honestly, we even teach this when we're teaching full swing, somebody in the middle of the summer that's been playing golf the entire year is when when you really need to break down a swing, go to a chipping motion. Like if you have a lot of issues with your swing, you go back all the way, break it down to the foundation, which is just a chipping motion. Getting that club at the right place at impact on a a easy 10% chipping motion is a lot easier than doing it at 80 or 90 or hundred percent. Yeah. And I'll go even a little bit further than that. Really? Like if you're struggling with low point control, which basically means where your club bottoms out in the ground, chipping is going to be the the number one way to develop that. And that's what you need to be focusing on when you're chipping, but also in your full swing. So low point control is massive. Getting that weight over onto that lead side at impact is going to be huge. We've said it a million times, but you want to have about 80% of your weight into that left side at impact when you're chipping full swing, pretty much all the way around. And when you follow through, your weight is going to be over in that left heel, because that means that left hip is opened all the way up. This is for a right-handed golfer, by the way. Um, That means that left hip has opened all the way up. You've extended your left leg. You've turned all the way through and everything is stacked over that left leg, and that will help you control that low point. You, I can't tell you how many people I've seen start the year off, and they're like, oh, I'm chunking it, I'm chunking it, I'm chunking it. Uh, that generally has to do, I mean, it's a lot more technical than this, but uh, people like to have a tendency to hang back on their their trail side that, that creates that right side bend, which brings your low point back to uh, behind the ball, which means you're going to be chunking it or you're going to be thinning it. So really keeping that pelvis centered above your legs and then rotating through having that weight on that lead side, just to start hitting, like Spencer said, 10 yard chips, and then you move back to 20 yards, 30 yard pitches, things like that. And really ingrain that motion because when you're taking a full swing, it's, it's hard to focus. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the season, beginning of the season, whatever, but really focus on that that low point control right off the bat because contact is king if you're not making good contact it doesn't matter where your club face is pointed or what your swing path is so uh low point control above all to start your season is going to be a a huge determining factor of where you can take the rest of the season and take it from there so yeah and if you're 
it, one thing I will always say too at the beginning of a season is it, it, depending upon the course conditions that you're playing, like most courses in Colorado right now, of course, you're going to have fairly frozen ground, other places that are just getting back into golf season. But really, you know, we preach this all the time, no matter what, because we want people to have fun when they play golf, but really temper your expectations starting out the year. Just because you start out the year bad in spring doesn't mean you're going to have a horrible summer and a horrible golf season this year. Like it's, it's something that it, people practice and the best best of the best play practice and play almost 365 days a year and rarely take days off. So don't get too hard down on yourself when you first start back into the season. You know, you have a first first couple rounds maybe bad, but just know that the scoring area like we talked about, the scoring area of hitting the ball close and chipping it close and and getting up and down, things like that that make your scores go down astronomically are not going to be right there when you start a new season if you've taken some time off well yeah and think of it like your favorite sports team do you want them to start the season off crazy hot and then putter out the last putter out sputter I don't, what what are the putter out. that's put, fine that's putter fine. out okay um kind of makes a little golf in there but you don't want them to peak too early because there's always a good time to peak you want to peak at your your member guest you want to peak at your club championship you, you want to build the foundation for a good season right off the bat. Like Spencer said, expect focus on the process. And that's, that's just a general microcosm of golf. Anyways, trust the process, fuck the 76ers, but trust the process, focus on what you're doing, not, not the results and the results will take care of themselves. Exactly. And somewhere where you can control the results taking care of themselves is this weekend when there is an absolute title fight, UFC 272, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal stepping into the ring this Saturday in Las Vegas. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. All you have to do is bet just $1 on the main event and you get $100 in free bets no matter what. So all you have to do is bet $1. You don't have to pick the winner. Uh, I personally believe Colby, Colby Covington's going to come out and knock Masvidal out. But it's going to be such a good fight. It doesn't matter what happens. All you have to do is bet $1, and you're getting $100 in free bets. First round knockout, you get paid. It's a draw, you get paid. Double knockout resulting in no ruling, yep, you're still getting $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can with deposit and withdraw, hopefully with more de- withdraws then deposits whenever you want so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use our promo code dnvr throw down just one single dollar i bet you can find four quarters in your couch seat at home on the main event ufc 272 and get a hundred dollars in free bets no matter what happens that's DraftKings. that's DraftKings sportsbook dnvr this weekend, this Saturday, an official sports betting partner of the UFC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, $5 minimum deposit, so you're going to have to find 20 quarters in your couch. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. So I was just thinking, is this like our, our flu game? Is oh, this podcast flu our, our flu pod? This is our flu pod. This is our... Our one shot at glory here, so we better make it good because we are struggling. If you, what made me think of it was just listening to Spencer like b- basically sniffle his way through that read, and then uh, go to the old handkerchief or the the whole box of Kleenex that he's got sitting over there. So 
I don't know. What do you think? Do you think uh, drinking tonight will help? I don't know. It's I. This is a vicious cycle that I get into because when do do you have like one or two drinks and you feel better? Yeah, 100%. I did. Yeah, last night I did the same thing. I was like, holy shit! Like, what? What is this? It's almost like just waiting for the evening time to have a drink, which maybe we need to have the fucking Alcoholics Anonymous hotline number after our fucking podcast. But uh, yeah, when I have one or two drinks, I just immediately feel better, and it's not like. Like from my sickness, which is so weird. You'd think it'd be the opposite, but it, it doesn't work that way. So, uh, anywho, let's move on to last week. Is there anything else that you had to, to mention about getting your game ready for the season? No, I think just really driving home that point of tampering your expectations and starting out small before getting to the big stuff is really what you should take away from, from most of that if you're getting back into it and haven't played in a couple months. So, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, so let's get into last week, Spence. What did you think of PJ National? The conditions were filthy, like we talked about. The field wasn't super deep, but the ending was pretty electric. I, I was I was personally pulling for Shane Lowry. Uh, if you've listened to this pod before, um, I am president of the Thick Boys Club, and Shane Lowry is a, a, a lifelong member. He's He's thick. He loves to drink beer. He's Irish. He's just always jolly. I love watching the dude play, and actually, I saw a stat. He hasn't won, I think, since the British Open, like f- three years ago, four years ago. Man, he's taken a while. Yeah, so he's he's been a little bit on the struggle bus, um, which is rough, but he's, he's that kind of dude that I wouldn't call him, for a tour pro, I wouldn't call him super consistent. He just gets really hot certain weeks. And pops off and wins, and he he has that ability. He just doesn't really put it together week in week out. And you can still make a great living having two or three good weeks out of the year. You know, you finish top five two or three weeks out of the year on the PGA Tour, you're cashing million and a half, two million bucks. So uh, it's it's not a horrible way to live. But yeah, Lowry is just one of those more inconsistent guys. Um. And so that was kind of unfortunate. I wish he could have pulled it off. But Sepp Straka of Belgium? Austria. Austria. He becomes the first Austrian to play in a PGA Tour event and the first Austrian to win a PGA Tour event. And obviously that him being the first of those indicates that we have now four out of five first-time winners in a row on the PGA Tour. Which is insane. Well, and that just goes to show you like... I know we're actually in the regular stretch of the PGA Tour, but the the big events really haven't come out yet where the the fields are all superstar studded. Uh there is, especially last week at PGA National, like I couldn't I didn't know half the guys in the field, which is probably partially my fault, but really uh good for Sap. Like I've seen his name on leaderboards before and in all honesty if we're in the trust tree here, I just saw that guy's name and I thought he was Indian. Like I'd never actually physically seen the dude. I'd seen his name on leaderboards. I had never actually watched him hit a golf shot. Does that name not sound like, like Indian to you? Oh yeah. 100%, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was like. I, when I saw him, I was like this, there's no way this is Sepp Straka. Like that just threw me for a loop. Uh, but he golfed his ball, obviously. 10 under at PJ National any year is pretty damn good. 
let alone, I think it started downpouring on them about 14 or 15 on Sunday. What a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's already a hard enough course, which I thought, these are. this is one of my favorite tournaments to watch in the standpoint of, these guys aren't going 32 under like Cam Smith did at this Tournament of Champions. They're not even going 20 under. The winner just barely got to double digits. And amazingly enough, Sepp Straka did that by going three under in his last five holes at the Bear Trap. That's at, ama- that is nuts. Yeah. He poured in a putt to tie Lowry at nine on hole number 16 from off the green after he just missed the green. Poured that in, tied Lowry. And of course, you know, I, I, I'm actually falling out of this whole... Uh, notion that we've had in on the PGA Tour for a long time, and that's that. Like when you get to a day, a Sunday, right? You look at the names. And you're like, who's been here before? Who's won before? And then those are the guys that you pick. And now it's becoming the exact opposite. Like I just spoke about, four of the ne- the last five PGA Tour winners have been first time winners, and the other the other one I believe was just a second time winner that had won some small, you know, relatively speaking, small tournament. In, a, in the fall swing, which is not one of the more played swings. So five tournaments in a row, you basically have these guys that are coming from nowhere and winning. And we even put out a Twitter poll. If you don't follow us on Twitter, big, at Big Drive Energy, make sure you do that. But we put out a poll every Sunday morning, and usually it's like a, we tweet out the top three three players depending upon where they're at or and then one field, and we have people vote, you know, what they think. And and it, Daniel Berger, let's speak on – let's talk about I was just going to say bit. we can't – we can't avoid uh, mentioning Daniel Berger, who pissed down his leg Sunday, shot four over, and let's just look at his scorecard. Well, so he shot back-to-back 65s the first two days. Played he really under. well. Like, He's already played well at this course, and basically getting back to our Twitter poll, I said, is anybody catching Daniel Berger? And I believe it got something like 70 or 80% no chance, because he was at 10 and I believe the the next two guys were at six. Well, Straka was at six. Lowry was at six. Yeah, and Kitayama, Kurt Kitayama, was also at six. So, and another thing which is insane. Uh, so Lowry was nine under. Kitayama was eight under. Berger was seven under, and then T five was four under. That's borderline like U.S. Open numbers um, for in terms of how challenging that course was. <laughs> But yeah, Daniel Berger really struggled down the back nine. I saw to uh, here. Let me let me ask you and see if you can guess what was the longest putt Daniel Berger made on Sunday. The longest putt Daniel Berger made on Sunday. So I'm guessing by the way you're framing this question, it's not very long. He didn't make a putt outside of this amount. Two feet. Twenty nine inches. Two feet five inches. That's insane. He did not make a single putt on Sunday. Or no, I'm sorry, he made one. One putt on Sunday outside of 29 inches. That is that is not how you win a golf tournament. That sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds that like hurts. That one cuts Spencer pretty tickles deep, in like deep. that five-footer. He's like, fuck it, I'm done. I, that's all I got. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so nobody thought Daniel Berger was going to get caught, and he's a guy that's won on tour multiple times before, has the name, has the pedigree. And guys like Sepp Straka, Kurt Kitayama even had a chance to get to nine under uh, on the last hole. But Straka making birdie on 18 which really, for being such a tough course, a fairly gettable 18th hole. I feel like a lot of guys had eagle putts, not close ones, because they tucked that pin back right where it's they it's always put that pin risk reward. Yeah, but it's front. I mean, it's back right, but it's also right on that edge where you need to carry it 
over that corner. And Berger, honestly, for being a downpour, did you see when he went for it? It was only like five yards short right of the hole. It ended up in the water, but it, it was looked like a good strike, I'm sure. And that's another thing, too. Um, if we haven't talked about this on, on the pod before, uh, controlling your ball when it rains, controlling your ball flight is so much more challenging because the, basically the way you develop or the way you develop, the way you, you put spin on the ball and the way you control your ball flight all has to do with friction between the, the club face and the ball. And when water gets on the club face or the ball, which it was on both, uh, the, it reduces the friction drastically. So what you end up with is these knuckleballs where if you know what a knuckleball looks like, it just gets up there and moves all around. There's no certain flight to it. And then it like falls out of the air. So playing in the rain is, is really makes it that much more challenging because the, the lack of friction between the ball and the club face. So those guys had it really tough coming down the stretch. Like I said, Berger made a pretty good effort. He needed an eagle um, on 18 to try to tie. Did he end up making double on 18? Was that why he ended up shooting four over? Uh, I believe, yes, he did make double. Because he, he was at eight. He needed to get to 10, Oh, correct? no. So he made bogey. He made oh, a six. Oh, okay. So made a six, hit one, you know, hit a second shot in the water, dropped three, hit it up on the green. Okay, two, so he was trying to yeah, he was trying to get to nine, hoping that Sep would drop it back to or did Sep end up making birdie on eighteen? Sep made birdie on eighteen. So oh damn, okay. So hypothetically Berger was trying to get to the nine, the number to tie in the clubhouse at least, or leader in the clubhouse to tie with Straka. But in the end it just didn't end up being enough for him and I mean, Berger's always going to be one of those guys that that hangs around. He's super talented. Uh, he's got that really unique swing, but he he makes it work. And he's a gamer, dude. He just can't. He's he's almost got that that Xander Schauffele like um, kind of what what's the word I'm looking for? Like I wouldn't call it a curse, but he's got that thing now where he just can't finish, and it's perpetuating itself in his game where. Every week, I'm sure it's it's gotten to him mentally where on Sundays he's like, oh, man, here we go. Here's another Sunday. You know, like, what what's going to happen? What and can go wrong today? It, and this is a perfect culmination of that because he was blowing these people out of the water. Like, he went 65-65, even par on Saturday where nobody was making a move, and he was sitting there with a four-shot lead. He shoots even par that day and he ends up you know, he's in a playoff he's in a playoff yeah yeah which is crazy considering the other three guys were four three and two under par for second and third so um an eight shot swing between the leader or for sep strock of the winner and daniel berger on sunday so that's that's pretty significant oh absolutely so shout out sep Straka. we'll see if we get another first time winner when we get to our big bet energy picks later in the pod uh, discuss the Arnold Palmer Invitational. A uh, few different news and notes from around the PGA Tour and around golf. Uh, the the player impact program rankings finally came out, and a gentleman who did not make one professional swing at a golf ball in 2021 added another eight million dollars to his pocket. What do you think? Well, there's so there there's two sides to it because part of me is like there's guys that bust their ass, uh, not not just even on social media, but on they're on tour like Max Homo, like Joel Dom, Dom and, um, that 
put out hilarious content and they're really actually growing the game and, and people are seeing it on social media and they're actually, I mean, they both won on tour last year. So let's just start there. And then you've got Tiger Woods who, like Spencer said, uh, didn't swing a club once last year, made it in the head. Like these guys, all these guys are probably like, do I just need to like get in a car accident and then I'll be the number one talked about player on tour. I don't want to sound dark there, but Tiger Woods is in the headlines a lot because of what happened to him this year. And he posts one swing video and everybody's like, put, I, I wonder how much money was put on him to win the masters this year after he posted like a swing video, like making 50% swings in November. Cause it's probably some sickening, like millions and millions of dollars. So I really do feel for the guys, because if you look at that list, do you have the, the top 10? I people? do right here. Okay. So I, I bet I could name off the top of my head, almost every single dude on that list, strictly b- based on their name. All right. Let's, let's a, go for it. Okay. So tiger, Phil, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, um, who am I missing? Um, okay, I kind of fizzled out there. You got, so you're looking for number three, number five, number Brooks Kepka. There you go. You got number eight. So number three, number five, and number nine. Number three. Wow. Who? Who also did not? Oh, have Rory. A great year. Rory. There you go. Yep. Yep. Um, and number eight and number nine is who I'm or no eight Kepka was eight. You've got you need number five and number nine. Hmm. Thomas, Spieth. think about someone that's very talked about, even though he's not necessarily. Oh, Bryson DeChambeau. There you go. You got number five. Um, and then uh, Patrick Reed. Close. Looks like him, kind of. <laughs> Who's that? Number nine. Yeah. World number one. Oh, John Rom. Okay. Yeah, but see, like, look at all those names. Those are all top very top of the list like and what i don't like that they did which i read about i think we talked about it it is based also off google searches like how stupid is that you know what i mean i i don't necessarily agree with that well and something yeah it's based off google searches twitter searches impressions etc tiger probably got in the top seven just based on that one video he posted exactly playing in the pnc those two things without his name being tiger woods uh, you know, those two things right there probably got him up into a level of, of not being out of the top. 10. Oh, for sure. And what I would actually love to see, wouldn't that be electric? If they put out Charlie Woods's, like the amount of times his name was Googled or clicked on throughout even just that weekend, I bet he'd be close to the top 10 in the, the pip. But the other side of that, that coin, and I think it was Kyle Porter, one of the PGA Tour uh, reporters tweeted it. He said the PGA Tour could give Tiger Woods $8 million a year for the rest of his life, and that still wouldn't even touch the surface of the amount of money he's added to the game of golf and to PGA Tour purses, which is so true. So you kind of look at it, you're like, well, he paved the road. You know, what's the the story with – what does he deserve at this point? You know what I mean? Like – I don't necessarily, it's golf, just like any sports, a what have you done for me lately kind of thing, but Tiger Woods is just that transcendent of a talent that that many people are really, really care about, like what he's doing on just a daily basis, no matter if he's golfing or not golfing. So I, I found it to be interesting. What did you think, Spence? Well, I I do think that 
overall there was a lot of hate on the PIP final rankings. Uh, Tiger also put uh, Phil Mickelson into a body bag today on Twitter. Uh, he just tweeted a, a the Y emoji, like a guy not knowing what he's doing, and then whoops, and then another uh, guy not knowing what he's doing emoji. And somebody tweeted that that's going to win him the PIP for the next 10 years just based off that tweet, which is kind of funny. But- which I really didn't get the whoops like... Because Phil tweeted it beforehand. Well, because Phil said he won it. Yeah, okay, so Phil, that was Phil like had, the... Phil had basically went off and said that he won it, and we had talked about this in a previous So, so he pod, was poking fun at, at Phil, basically. He was poking fun at Phil, for being already a premature. Bad, yeah. He's already gotten ran over by multiple buses. <laughs> Phil's like, you don't know how bad I need this money. I just lost all my KM, KPMG. He lost all his... They've He's paused... His sponsorship with Callaway, so I don't know if that means he's still going to play their clubs. That's wild. I bet he still will. He's played Callaway for 30 years. Yeah, I mean, he has to, right? Or does he not? He doesn't necessarily have to, but I think he will. Are they going to make him pay for him? (laughs) Are they going to make him, like, shoot him an invoice? Yeah, shoot him an invoice for his order? Yeah, his brother's probably like, I'm going to go back to coaching Arizona State's golf team. Uh, I don't need to slander, and God knows you're not bringing in enough money. But let's be real. Phil's made enough. He he could never touch a golf course again and have more money than we're ever going to see in our entire lives. So money is not the issue, but that would be hilarious if Callaway tried to invoice him for those those new sticks. Uh, so, yeah, Tiger taking that shot at him was pretty funny. I just wish we heard more from Tiger on social media because he doesn't even send his own tweets. You know what I mean? That's the shitty thing is like, what golf was really striving for was organic growth through the guys that I mentioned, like Max Homa comes to mind though. Even Kevin Na tweeting, there's so many different guys that have really put an effort to, to be more vocal on social media and let people into their lives. And they see virtually nothing for it. You know what I mean? Which is kind of ass because we can have any professional golfer have a social media team tweet for him, send out, post a swing video. But at the bottom at the bottom line, end of the day, they just don't move the needle like Tiger does. Tiger is a transcendent athlete beyond his time. So uh, it's, it, it, it was, I, I like the concept. And also with it being the first year, I th- hopefully they'll, hopefully the PGA Tour is open to trying different things and not just sticking with these bullet points of, statistics that this is how you win this money because eight million dollars to a guy on the pga tour i mean don't get me wrong they're all making good money but tiger woods could put that eight million in a room and light it on fire and feel nothing but to to other guys that's huge and to 99.9 percent of the world that's huge so it's just kind of ironic that the two dudes that make the most money and even look at that top 10 i bet they're all right near the very top in earnings all time on the PGA tour, or they're going to be. So they give the guys that already have all the money, their money, like the rich get richer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But well, and something interesting too, about the PIP, uh, looking back at, Call Phil, it the pip, dude, the pip. The yeah. Pip. Thank you. Pippin, Scotty pip is that. So in order to get the second half of the money and Phil Mickelson had tweeted this out when he tweeted out his, basically that he had won it when he really hadn't, <clears throat> is in order to get the second half of the $8 million, Tiger will now have to add an event to his 
schedule this coming year that he's never played in before, or ne- or I guess it should be this next PGA Tour season. Yeah. So Phil was all like, hey, see you in Kapalua. He's going to go play the Tournament of Champions. Good for him. Uh, who knows if he still will do that now? Who knows if he's even going to play on tour? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, he'll be playing with uh, some old maybe Hogan irons. Some, they'll find some old Hogan lefty irons at a garage garage sale when <laughs> those things not, are sick it's not playing callaway anymore but so it'll be interesting to see if tiger really goes through it and, and ends up making uh, a new stop on his schedule next year in order to collect the money well yeah and it would also be funny if he didn't play in an event and they pulled it from him because colin morikawa has been pretty vocal about being number 11 on that list and number 11 gets zero dollars so he actually, I think his Twitter Twitter handle is the the K. Uh, two of the letters in his last name are one and one. Like he put an eleven in his middle name on Twitter, like because he was number eleven on the pit. Right. So he's like really owning. He's like, oh, find that tweet. He tweeted something today about being number eleven. Um, this is who Colin Morikawa. Oh yes, yeah. I think the call of uh, the C O L L I N. Oh, that is yeah, 11. it's elevens. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was God. What a brain fart. Uh, but yeah, he find find his tweet real quick because he he's definitely moved the needle in golf. That PGA Championship he won at Harding Park was, I want to say that that tee shot he hit on sixteen had to have been one of the most viewed shots in the last decade. That that was unbelievable. Yeah, so he he has his name as Colin underscore Morikawa on Twitter, but in his bio it says Colin with an L with two ones, and then it says woke up his tweet today woke up still being number eleven on the PIP. But if you don't believe me, too bad because anything after tenth doesn't matter. Happy Hump Day. <laughs> oh God! Bless, bless you. <laughs> Happy what? Hump Day. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so very well done by Colin, and he actually could be lying. I don't think. Do they even release any? I don't think they release anything outside of the top 10. But I wouldn't be shocked if he was number 11 because of how big his name has grown even in the last two years. So overall, love the concept. Hope they can make some tweaks to it and alter it to most benefit the guys that are boots on the ground on social media actually growing the game and getting young kids out there. Yeah, well, and another kind of controversial tweet that somebody somebody that's kind of a shit poster account tweeted out and then it got got some love from PGA Tour players or different people is uh, the PIP, the sorry, the PIP is only considered English-speaking languages. Yeah, so that's, like, ter- that's also a big old black eye. Yeah, they said basically they owe... Hideki Matsuyama, $3 million. Yeah. After he won the Masters, had an insane year, is leading almost every tournament at some point nowadays. Like, every tournament he plays in, he's a favorite or right up there. How, like, tone deaf could you possibly be to make, to literally zero it out, zero it in to be the, the only the USA or English speaking languages? Like, that is absolutely insane to me. That. <laughs> I'm shocked they haven't gotten canceled for that yet. That's that's just only a day old. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to get around a little bit more. Talking about growing the game and wanting players from all around, the best players in the world to continue to play on the PGA Tour, they might have to revise uh, some of that, some of the way they honor it and some of the way they track <coughs> who's where on the PIP rankings at the end of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, look at... Even uh, Argentina with 
Joaquin Neiman last week. Like, can you imagine how much he was talked about? Sepp Straka, he's the literally the first Austrian PGA Tour winner ever. Can you imagine how much he's moving the needle in countries like that? But the problem is, is all these dudes that run the PGA Tour are so nearsighted that they're like, well, if it's not affecting our bottom line with the PGA Tour, they don't care about the global game. They just care about the U.S. game. They just care about what they can see in return for what their guys are giving them. And it is a business. Don't get me wrong. But if they really had golf as a whole's best interest, they would definitely broaden that to Europe. I mean, the entire world. It's no, You don't stop anywhere. South America, Africa, everywhere. There's guys from Zimbabwe on the PGA Tour. There's guys from, you know, it, it's a global game. And so you need to really really embrace that you can't there's no way around it so that that was a pretty good tweet that really i think made a lot of people think because i didn't even realize it until i didn't even think about that until i saw that and i was like holy shit that's terrible yeah so (laughs) uh oh tiger spencer's looking through twitter i'm looking for twitter to find our tweet of the week before we get into a preview of the Bay Hill and Fairway or Four, like we always finish every podcast with. So let me filibuster and talk about golf and Twitter and Twitter and golf. And if you guys aren't on golf Twitter, like that little, the little space that it is, you got to get there because there's a lot of great people to follow, like Monday Q info. Yeah, he a case of the Mondays one is awesome. I, that would be like a dream podcast guest i bet that'd be somewhat attainable too honestly if we if we were able to get him on um but he basically talks about all of the guys that are just out of the spotlight that are grinding every week to make the pga tour that are spending their life savings trying to get out there and get so close week after week after week um and never never really see it so i will say one thing that could be the tweet of the week that i saw was there was a girl um, in the LPGA Tour Q school that self-inflicted a penalty, um, or what do you call that? Self-ruled? She called it... Policed herself. She, yeah, she self-policed a one-stroke penalty during her round that nobody else saw. She was over like by herself, and she called it on herself, and she missed getting status by one stroke. So that penalty stroke was literally the difference between her getting... LPJ tour status and not, or yeah, having status, not having status. So, uh, really just quality out of her. And you got to think that the good karma is going to send some back her way and she will get out on the LPGA tour. Um, dude. Yeah. Karma is got to come in around for her. Absolutely. Like, can you imagine just like basically destroying your career? Um, and, uh, is there a dog barking? There's, I think that's uh, that's Andre over in the studio just getting down on some... Uh, getting ready for the Nuggets game tonight? Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I think uh, Tweet of the Week, it's not as... It's funny, but it's from a case of the Mondays, and we actually responded to it. There was a... Oh, yeah. Tour event. Yeah, so there's an, there's an Indian tour event in India, obviously, um, that is being played this week. And it is in a nine-hole golf course. And that is... So they're playing nine holes... uh, I I don't even know what day. They're playing nine holes the first day, nine holes the second day, and then 18 the third day. They're cutting after 18. 
Uh, actually, I think the tweet of the week was my response to that because I that, thought it was that's pretty... where I was going. Oh. That's where I was going. The Big Drive Energy Pod tweet of the week. <laughs> so I tweeted. Uh, I heard the the second nine's a lot more gettable than the first out here, and it looks like we got a few responses, a few chuckles. He responded with a laughing face. Obviously, it's the same nine, but growing up in rural Colorado, Spencer and I in high school both had to play nine hole courses twice over. Um, did you ever do that? Yeah, we Lyman, Lyman yeah, Colorado played that. I one. think my senior, two different tees. Yeah, e- exactly. They're like twenty yards apart. Totally different course. Uh, fun fact: Lyman, my senior year, I think I shot like two under. First tournament of the year, I won by twelve. So that not a whole lot of competition there. I mean, I also shot two under, so whatever. But yeah, same nine holes twice. And I just get, I just got it around in that fucking prairie field. Just absolutely bent it over. And absolutely golfed my ball. Showed at the 50 states. <laughs> in that fucking goat ranch. Oh, my God. All right. We are going to move on to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But before we talk about the actual golf tournament, we put some uh, surveys out today, kind of getting some feelers out on Twitter, uh, Is and asked the question, is an Arnold Palmer the best mixture of two non-alcoholic beverages uh, in the world, in life. And, yeah. I would. And honestly, the the answer we got the most of is, so on our Instagram, if you don't follow us on there, at Big Drive Energy Pod, we post some funny reels, post our TikToks videos. 75% of people said, nah, no. Nah. And 25% of people said yes. Yeah. And then on Twitter, we've got some... Yes, uncut jobs. Some responses... Uh, which are interesting. The Giannis Antetokounmpo apparently coined. Wow, you said that horribly. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Ya- Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, Giannis. Just, G- it, it. Yikes! I guess I just see it and I uh, I think you know I think what I think, but I just was trying. <laughs> I, to, think, I, I was trying I think. to sound it out, Sean Phonics style. Yeah, but that. Giannis Antetokounmpo apparently coined Sprite and Chick Fil A lemonade is a, is is his drink. So that sounds pretty fire. That does sound really fire. I actually love the club chick- soda and lemonade. Have you ever tried that? I have not. It's it, really good. Cause lem- it gives like the thing I like about lemonade the most though, is it's not, I, I really like like this, the tea seltzers and like lemonade because I don't like the bubbles. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not it a fills big me fan. Up. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the bubbles. I'm not a big fan of burping. I like the smoother drinks. I, I would agree. The only reason I like the club soda with the lemonade, cause how many times have you just gotten a lemonade that just feels like you're just drinking hummingbird water? Like it is just straight sugar. So you take like two parts lemonade or I'm sorry, two parts club soda, one part lemonade, mix it in together. So it gives it a little less sweet, but you still get that lemonade flavor, and then you also get some bubbles. It's kind of a nice co- uh, contrast of e- contrast of, of flavors. Well, one doesn't have any flavor, but uh, textures, <laughs> but I guess. That is Whatever. Con- yeah, I feel you. And another one we got is uh, ice cream float from Bronco Boney. That's a solid combo. Like root, root beer, beer and, and ice cream. Oh, yeah. that's. I don't know if ice cream is an actual lick, beverage, yeah. but we'll let that one go. Uh, another one called it's the horse's froze. neck, apparently from Patrick Ch- D. Chavez on Twitter. Ginger ale and lemonade. So Ooh. it sounds like lemonade is very versatile. Is lemonade the most versatile non-alcoholic? <laughs> uh, that's another. That's a debate for another day. But basically, Shirley Temple was the kind of the number one. I was going to say Shirley Temple is up there. Sprite with a little grenadine. I could. I could do that. I, I feel do like that. high schoolers are getting into this weird shit where they 
they like they go to like uh dutch bros and it's almost like a non-alcoholic cocktail like they mix like an energy drink and a soda and then grenadine and it's probably got like 400 grams of sugar in it but it looks it's like all blue and yellow it looks like some cocktail that but yeah i feel like everybody's getting into the like when i was in high school i'd i just drink straight up fucking soda or I drink alcohol with soda. Yeah. You know, I well, and I actually, remember- I will take that back. Uh, well, I mean, it has to involve alcohol, but I would always go and get like a peach slushy from Sonic. You could put so much vodka in that and not taste it. Yeah. Like, pe- peach flavoring is goaded. Yeah. Peach flavoring is the best flavoring there is. Peach Anything tea, peach, peach. Yeah. Nothing peach is bad. No, I would, Absolutely agree. Nothing. I would agree with that. Peach yo's, peach rings. Fuck me up. Yeah. Peaches, peaches, the goat flavor. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the actual Arnold Palmer Invitational instead of talking about Arnold Palmer's. So Bay Hill, still on the floor to swing. Um, a couple things about Bay Hill. First of all, uh, there's more par fives. There's a couple more par fives than last week. Kind of lame at um, PGA National. There was only two par fives are the scoring holes. Love those. Love the Eagles. Love the basically guaranteed chances at birdie for most of the players. But uh, Bay Hill has reachable par fives and some long par threes, but they have uh, since 2016 has required the more, more approach shots of 200 yards than any other course on PGA tour. So you'd think a long iron, a long, a, the, one of the better long iron players in the game is going to succeed here. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I don't necessarily think he has the best track record here. But my pick for the long shot, I think, is really, really good considering his odds because he's one of the best iron ball strikers in the, the game. But definitely distance advantage-wise. And there is even a few holes where distance doesn't come into play because there's so many dog legs and so many corners to cut. and th- You know what I mean? Like, there is certain holes out there where unless you're going full Bryson Hulk mode, and cutting off like the entire corner, fifty yards on that par five. Yeah, which was insane. But that's not unless you're that long. There's not really a benefit to cutting a lot of those corners and those sharp dog legs. So, like you said, that's going to leave guys with a lot of long iron approaches. So it's going to be about putting in the fairway off the tee, keeping it in play, and then hitting solid long iron shots, making a lot of pars, and then getting at those par fives because they are pretty gettable out there. So a couple of things before we give our big bet energy picks, a couple of little more nuggets about Bay Hill. So Tiger, uh, the PIP winner, <laughs> Tiger Woods, not playing this year, of course, but at Bay Hill, uh, he played there. He won as a he won the U.S. Junior Am there at ni- in 1991 before we were even born. Um, but he played 16 times from 97 to 03, made every single cut. He recorded a top 25 finish in 14, top 10 in nine and won eight times at Bay Hill. It's the only golf course he's won eight times on. And it's the only golf course in, it's the only active PGA tour event that saw, that's seen anybody win eight times at the same venue. So pretty insane to think about. I I just always, when I just think about this tournament, it's just one of the classic great PGA tour events to watch. It's, it's a great venue. All the history makes you think about Arnold Palmer, one of the goats, and it's just such a fun tournament. The course is great. I know some tour players don't necessarily like it, but it's just a different test. It's not a, like you said, a lot of the long iron shots are not an option. Like you don't, 
you can't get it further down the fairway unless you're biting off a whole heck of a lot. So it, it definitely gives these guys a different look where it's not just, let's see how far I can get it out there and then flip a wedge and make birdie. You know, it's more strategic, more, more, more thought goes into this course. I want to say when these guys are out there. So exactly. So let's, uh, let's get into our pick. Oh, hold on just real quick. We got a, um, Patrick Lyons, our, our DNVR Rockies guy, of course, hilarious dude. He just responded to the um, Arnold Palmer tweet. Arnold Palmer tweet and said, "Post-workout chocolate milk and cherry juice." What? Oh, that's, that's kind of barbaric. He needs to be in a straight jacket right now because <laughs> that's that is unbelievable. Oh uh, yeah, cherry that's... juice and chocolate milk. Yikes! But you know, obviously, Boy. chocolate. I feel like goes with a lot of things, as does coffee. Coffee and chocolate can kind of like you can throw any fruit in there, and it's kind of like okay. I saw like. <clears throat> Somebody said they put like lime and lemon juice in their coffee. Oh no, that's like, not a fruit. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I was talking about. That sounds fucking like, dis- I, absolutely it was, disgusting. It was something along those lines, I guess, or like some sort of fucking flavored like fruit drink in their coffee. It just doesn't sound appetizing. No, not um, one bit. So, all right, we're gonna get into our big bet energy DraftKings sportsbook picks for this week. We are on a little bit of a cold streak, but we're. We're feeling out a winner, and we're about to get one. And we're I peaking feel like, at the right time. I feel we're like it's peak. coming this week. So first of all, we're going to start with my long shot. Once again, this is a bet you kind of sprinkle on. Uh, it has to be pl- odds at plus 5,000 or higher. My guy this week is Jason Kokrak. Mitchell? He, he's a bomber. Your long shot? Um, well, tell me why you like Kokrak. Do you have any... He, he's had a... He, like, this he's is played a horse, well there. Horse for the course at Arnold Palmer. And guys, we've just seen guys come out of the kind of the woodwork and win. We're not picking big name guys. I think this is Jason Kokrak's week. I like that. Okay, I have Kevin Kisner to be my long shot plus thirteen thousand. We Those hit odds, that. We're going to Vegas for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's insane. You drop ten bucks on that, you're making <clears throat> excuse me, you're making thirteen hundred dollars. So that's uh, that's well worth your while, in my opinion. Um, like I said, he's a he was the one I was talking about earlier. He's a great long iron player. Great short game as long as he can get it out there far enough. Um, but strikes the ball really well from like he has so many long irons and he's great with his hybrids. Uh, if he can get that around, it's almost like a Zach Johnson at the Masters kind of thing. Like this is a bomber's golf course, but if he can somehow uh, just take advantage of those scoring holes and make a lot of other pars on the tough ones, and I like his chances. Yep, me too, buddy. Yep. Me too. Yep. Yep. All right, so top 10 for me is going to be Mark Leishman, plus 250. Going, He's a little higher odds, or, or a little lower odds, I guess, if you will. Uh, more of a, a, a gar- not a guarantee, nothing at plus 250 is a guarantee, especially in golf. But he's played really well the last couple of weeks, so I'm going to another guy that's played really well at this golf course before. He's got a couple of top 10s, and he was in contention a couple weeks ago, kind of fell off on Sunday. So playing some good golf, hits the ball really well, especially his long irons. So Mark Leishman, plus 250. All right, uh, my top ten this week is plus Bill, or plus Billy Horschel. Uh, Billy Horschel plus four fifty. He's had a few good uh, showings so far this year. I don't and think he's missed a cut in like yeah. He's months. just been low key, very consistent. He hasn't been in the headlines a lot, but I've enjoyed watching his game. He's hitting this big old cut now, which is kind of weird, uh, but that's whatever. Beside the point. I just more than anything, I liked his odds plus four fifty because. To go top ten, um, he's top. I think he's had a few top tens this season, and plus four fifty is pretty nice odds for a top ten guy. 
Oh, absolutely. And my winner this week, Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's plus 2,000. Once again, another guy that's uh, fairly new on tour but had a lot of success at the Arnold Palmer. A guy that would, I believe, claim his first win on the PGA Tour. So uh, another guy that I'm looking at like, hey, let's find these guys. Let's find these guys as winners. And Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 2,000 is my guy this week. I like that. Um, I have Will Zalatoris as my winner this week. He's had a great low-key great year so far this season. He's... uh, Top 10 in three of the last four events. And he's also played well at the API, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, I want to say last year he had a top 10 finish at the Arnold Palmer. So uh, between that form and his his current form right now, uh, I like him at plus 2,500. Yeah, coming off his little COVID break didn't seem to affect him too much golf-wise. So he's, he's rolling with it. All right, before we finish this pod up, we're going to get into uh, fairway or four. So let's... Uh, my fairway or four this week is something that I've noticed over the last couple of... Uh, we go to a lot of sporting events, probably more than just about anybody you know. So, uh, light uh, light flex, but... <laughs> and there's always a Weird chance... Weird flex, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. I can think of the thing that those kids say nowadays. <laughs> um, my fairway or four is, is the worst chance in sports you can't do that with claps. I actually love. I like that. I, oh Do you hate God, that? You're so fucking lame. I love doing that. In high absolute school. worst. That shit was fire. in the history of sports. Really? Yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. I can't really think of one off the top of my head. But I just. I liked that, especially in college basketball. We're going to be hearing a shitload of that here in the next uh, couple weeks with March Madness coming up, conference championship tournaments coming up. Uh, I I do enjoy that. It's a very like. It, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know if we've ever mentioned this, and we'll probably catch some flack, but we were Duke fans growing up. Uh, we back in like the John Shire, Greg Paulus. Yeah, John Shire, the next fucking coach of Duke. That's yeah, how long exactly. Ago it That's how long ago we we liked Duke. But I always feel like that student section was just so electric, and there's nothing better than just getting somebody when they make when they commit a stupid foul, like you can't do that. I whatever. I like that. So you're. I feel like you're a little off on. We'll we'll take it to Twitter. We'll see what they have. Exactly. What is your uh, fairway or four this week? Um. Well, if you if you don't live under a rock, you've seen that the MLB has chosen to end up canceling opening week. They have still yet to come to an agreement between the players and the owners, and it just really leaves me like with such a sour taste in my mouth because the Rockies, my team are arguably the worst team in the MLB. One of the most saddest going nowhere franchises. Sorry, Patrick, all those boys. Um, they, they're just, they make me sad. Like, I don't even want to be a part of it. Uh, I, I, there's certain individuals I do enjoy Kyle Freeland, one of our, our homies. Hopefully we'll be getting him on the pod here soon, but there is certain individual players I enjoy watching, but just the, the ownership is so beyond frustrating that I can't even I can't even take that in like I, I don't even want to be a part of it. And then the MLB is just like so sad right now in general that my my fairway or four is gonna be is the MLB the laughing stock of professional sports. I think that's four. Or fairway. Okay. Yeah. It's absolutely fairway. It, it, it's embarrassing. Like the fact that they can't come to an agreement and it's just well, the, it the tale was old as time and the millionaire billionaire pissing match. Like, well, and talking about just relating that back into golf is 
the last couple weeks with the Saudi stuff, a bunch of players backed the PGA Tour. Absolutely zero players are backing the MLB right yeah. now. Yeah, Rob Manfred. And Rob Manfred, that dumbass, is up on TV like laughing about. They've spent months locked out, and in within the last ten days, they've finally gotten together and started talking. Yeah, it's and like you couldn't have done Rob, this two months ago. Funny side note: Rob Manfred was caught on video tra- practicing his golf swing. Of course he was. <laughs> He's just thinking about all those teeth. Think about how much uh, less golf he would get in if they were having spring training. He's going to be out there teeing it up, like doing meetings after his morning nine, morning 18, whatever. So fuck that guy. Uh, You know, if the MLB was on TV, I might watch a little bit of it, see if the Dodgers can piss away another World Series title. But yeah, I just, I'm fed up with the MLB right now. Don't want to have. Don't want to take any part of it. I'm going to enjoy this Avs Nuggets ride. And then uh, training camp's going to start for the Broncos in the summertime. So there we go. Yeah. Love it. it. Make sure you guys follow us on all the socials Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod, Twitter at Big Drive Energy. I am at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. Have yourselves a great weekend. We're going to be at sporting events all weekend. It's Mitchell's birthday. Sure to be nothing less than a party. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Arnold Palmer Invitational. We'll talk to you guys next week with special guest Andy Morris, one of my friends from college, teaching pro out in Portland, Oregon right now, or the Oregon area. Super fun dude. Excited to have him on and chat with him next week. So we'll talk to you then. Peace. Peace.